How's it going, everybody? Thank you so much for listening to the podcast version of my radio show, Famous Dead People, the only show that resurrects famous people from the grave and asks them all the hard questions. We originally air as a radio show on Radio for Brooklyn, so if you like the show and you want to listen to episodes the day they come out, that will be every Monday at 3 p.m. on Radio Free Brooklyn. You get like a three-week head start on the people that just listen to it on the podcast. You're about to hear the episode where I interview Oscar Wilde, played by comedian Chris Ferry, and Pablo Escobar, played by comedian Kevin Cobbs. Before we get to the interview, I have some good news. I am officially a published author. My first book will be published by Skyhorse Publishing Company in early August. It is available for pre-order on Amazon as we speak. We'll be having a book release party to announce soon, uh, but if you want to check it out, the book is called The Kellyanne Conway Technique. The Kellyanne Conway Technique, the title of my book. It is basically just me making fun of Trump surrogate Kellyanne Conway for 120 pages, and obviously also I make fun of Trump because he's just a giant moron, so you can't not. Uh, You have that to look forward to. Whatever your politics, the book is really funny, so I hope you will check out the Kellyanne Conway Technique, available for free order now on Amazon. Buy yours truly, Jarrett Berenstein, the Kellyanne Conway Technique. Check it out, buy it. I want to, you know, I want to make sure, I, I, I would love people to read this thing that I wrote because I think it's really funny. Uh, not to mention that if you like the show and you want to shoot us an email or you want to hear an interview with your favorite dead people, hit us up at famousdeadpeople at radiofreebrooklyn.org. We love hearing from fans. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast, rate us five stars, leave a comment, tell your friends, all that good stuff. But for now, sit back, relax, and enjoy Pablo Escobar and Oscar Wilde only on Famous Dead People. It's time. Time to start the show. Famous dead people. People you know. Famous dead people. The story stuck in the head. My guests today on Famous Dead People are Irish novelist, playwright, and poet Oscar Wilde, and Colombian drug lord and narco-terrorist Pablo Escobar. Mr. Wilde, Mr. Escobar, thank you so much for being with us here on the show today. Hola. It is an absolute pleasure to be here. Now, uh, I'd like to start off with uh, Mr. Escobar, um, because you were... Uh, maybe the wealthiest criminal to ever have lived. and uh, But that wealth obviously came with extra struggles because of how it was made, i.e. through illegal narcotics. Do you ever think that maybe if you had put your genius towards another industry, maybe you could have had the same wealth and power, but you would have had like a less volatile life? Did that, did that ever cross your mind? Sometimes I wish I was born at another time. Mm-hmm. I see now, you know, um, they are uh, the tech industry mm-hmm. in the Silicon Valley. Uh, I I think I would have really excelled in the Silicon Valley. So you think that if you had been born, you've just been born later, then maybe you could have been a tech giant, a Mark Zuckerberg or something like that. See, Mr. Zuckerberg, I think he's a very, he's, a, he's an innovator and he's mm-hmm. a good businessman. And I think... I would rival him or uh, Tim Cook, uh, como mm-hmm. uh, Steve Jobs, uh, como Bill Gates. Uh, mm-hmm. All of these men, I could have been right up there with them. Um, I have no doubt in my mind. Interesting. Now, I don't suppose you have any any specific uh, apps or website ideas that you that you think you would that you you could bring to Silicon Valley today if that had been your life instead, you know? See, see, I, I've thought about this, and it's a wonderful question because mm-hmm. I, one of the apps I would I would have liked to to bring to the marketplace was an, is an app called Cocaine to Go. Cocaine to Go. And it, how, what, how it works is it pairs the user mm-hmm. or the consumer with okay. a dealer or a vendor. Oh, So if you need cocaine... You you log into the app and you mm-hmm. see, and it finds you someone who can provide you with the cocaine. Hmm, interesting. Well, I mean that also seems. <clears throat> hope you forgive me. It seems really close to what you were doing when you were alive. Like, it didn't seem that different from the way that you have already lived your life. You see, know? see, como I think it, uh, this is a, it's a placeholder. You know, like a mm-hmm. widget. Oh, okay. So like you you talk about cocaine the way that. You know, we would talk about textiles or, you know, uh, just like, you know, this this is the product. I would just have paired people who want to sell it with people that want to buy it. See, and, and, uh, see cocaine is my jumping off point, my reference oh. point. <laughs> OK, 
Okay, yes. all right. So, but, so cocaine in this situation could be anything. The cocaine could be uh, a bicycle or a burrito or anything. Like your app would have just brought anybody who wanted to buy anything together with somebody who wanted to sell that thing. See, and it's a genius idea, if I may mm-hmm. say. And it is uh, uh, an, an app that does not exist, so far as I know, Yeah, I mean, needing that, a service that, and getting this service. That could 100% be a thing that you can still do today. I think we should all look forward to, you know, uh, what we call that, like es- Esco Bar to Go or oh, I like uh, our pa- uh, Pablo to Your Door or something like that. Oh, so yes. We're, we're just spitballing here. I like this. <laughs> now, uh, moving Creative on to... Creative brainstorm. <laughs> <laughs> so moving on to you, uh, Mr. Wild. Mm. Uh, the one thing that everybody knows about you, even without reading your work is how famously witty you were and I mean you have so many famous uh, epigrams and bon mots I wonder is that something that you had to work for or did it just come naturally like is this sort of thing that that you do like when you're off you know like is it just I'm just witty all the time you know you know, actually, it's something that uh, I've employed a team of writers to assist me with. Um, oh, interesting. Yes. You, I was kicked in the head by a donkey. Um, Whoa. Oh, so this is uh, something that I didn't see on any of the uh, primary social material well, that I, I read at all. I didn't advertise it, you know. I mean, mm-hmm. one stitches over the, the, the back of one's head with a whole hoof print uh, mm-hmm. mark. You, one doesn't want people to know such things. Oh, yeah. It's, it's a little indelicate. It's a know. little indelicate. But it, 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 it has been uh, something of a struggle to maintain. Uh, that kind of wittiness. Yes, it's a high bar. So you would hire people to write, like, witty things for you to tell, like, when you were at parties or whatever, so people would think that you were witty? Yes. Interesting. Wow. And but then, did you write anything that you wrote, or or was this just like your team of writers at work? Sure. Yes. I. I mean, I. I, I wrote all of the plays and the mm-hmm. poems and anything where I wasn't on the spot in person. Gotcha. Gotcha. You know, all looking right. down the barrel of a group of people, breathlessly awaiting the next yeah. hilarious. That must be a lot of pressure. Right. Yeah. I completely I, I, understand. I, I don't have a Twitter account, but mm-hmm. I would murder a Twitter account you because. Time I can to like plan. sit yes. there and plan it, yes. you know. Did you think that you Escobar, like, were you were you quick on your feet, or when you had to like, you know, deal with something new that was happening in the cocaine trade? Did you like say like, I need the room to myself for a little bit to like really focus on this problem? Uh, see, yes, uh, I, but I like I said, I like creative brainstorms too, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, you know, Mister Wild, uh, I mean, Lo siento, I'm sorry about the burro. <laughs> Kicking you? Uh, what was it? Were you? With, did you have anything to do with it? I mean, you obviously. He he was born so much at, so much longer after this happened. Well, he couldn't I, have arranged. Even I know of the famous reach of mm, uh, Pablo Escobar. Senor oh, Escobar. See, it yeah. does not stretch across time and space. It's, uh, <laughs> Good to know. Uh, but uh, you know, I just on behalf of Burros, you know, mm. uh, I apologize. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah. But uh, yeah, he, he would have. You know, I'm sure this guy would have killed it on uh, the Twitter. And oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm, I think I would have been more of like a Snapchat guy. Oh, yeah. You, know, yeah. you mean like See, snapping your stories? You know, yes, like... stories, you know, just because I was living very large. And... Well, we, we will definitely get to that uh, coming up. I definitely want to ask you about all the, the, the trappings of the wealth that you accumulated. But going back to See. Mr. Wow for just a moment. Uh, so I read that you excelled in your studies from an early age. Um, and I want to know, did you see yourself being as creative as you would later become, or was this something that you discovered later in life? Like, I know that your father worked in medicine, you know, was there any inkling that you would do that as well, or were you like, no, it's the creative life for me? Well, you know, I mean, the creative life is, it's just so much more fun. Medicine, mm-hmm. it's its quite a bore, really. I can, I'm not, I can I'm not, see that. I'm not saying we don't need it, or it isn't important, but... Mm-hmm. Um, For me, beauty and aesthetics um, was always my preoccupation. Mm, Interesting. And so I don't suppose that your father was at all disappointed in the fact that you didn't follow in his footsteps at all? I have daddy issues. Uh, (laughs) He... He was a prick. Let's not. Uh, oh, I can't think of a witty bon mot. He's mm-hmm. just a, well. You don't have your, you don't have your team with you. <laughs> that's you right. Know? I'll come up with something mm-hmm. and well, maybe uh, I mean, email the, it to you. The but three he of was us are here. You know, like we could maybe help workshop something 
the, you know, some clever way of saying that your dad was not your favorite person sure. in the world. Maybe a limerick. Maybe we could do a limerick. Mm-hmm. Oh, see, I love limericks. I, I thought you might. There yes. was something about your face. So yeah. He's a limerick man. So yes. a limerick would be like, but da 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 Now you're getting it. Back to my Irish roots. Gotcha, gotcha. So we'd say, like, Oscar Wilde's father was 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 a jerk. He He never took time off from work. Uh, he can't, feel free to jump in here, guys. See, uh, no, you're on. You're in the group. You are in the group. Prescribed his own meds, went straight to his, his head. head. It's a slant rhyme. Okay. But excuse now me. Now I need fucking something. Oscar Wilde. <laughs> and I, I'll, I'll jump in what with the, the last first? line. Yeah, okay. I think the last line is, uh, and he never even knew how to twerk. <laughs> <laughs> did you know my father? Because he I did. did not. I think we, I think we nailed that one, guys. I, so I'll say, take uh, it. Uh, Oscar Wilde's father was a jerk. Never took time off his work. Uh, Prescribed so, his, his own meds, meds. Went straight to his, his head. head. And he didn't even know how to twerk. Wow. Yeah. No. I think we really. I think we knocked that out of the park. That's guys. him in a nutshell. I mean, yeah. I think we. Yeah, I, I think, think we've got it. Well, you know, just going forward, should you need, you know, more things written, like, you know, more Bon Mots, more epigrams, more limericks. You know, <laughs> I'll, I'll turn just, to Jared and, yeah, and Pablo. You know, like, we, <laughs> we seem to have, like, a nice little rhythm. I want to say, like, an energy, like, a revive to the three of us. I feel like we're kind of knocking it, uh, knocking it out of the park. Mm-hmm. Um, so now going back to you, Mr. Escobar, for a second. So, um, you know, we talked a little bit earlier about what you could have done had you not been involved uh, in the criminal lifestyle, but it really seems like your illegal activity started from an early age. And there's a lot of stuff in the Wikipedia uh, about some of the early crimes that you did. But do you remember the first crime that you ever committed? Do you remember the first thing that you ever pulled that maybe roped you into the lifestyle? Um, see, it was pretty simple. It was I was on the streets of uh, Medellin. Mm-hmm. And, Medellin, uh, where you grew up. Yeah. See, and... Uh, I said to a guy, I walked up to him in my in my village and uh, or my my uh, my uh, you know neighborhood, mm-hmm. and I, I I said, look over there, and I grabbed this stick and I fucking hit him in the knees with hit the stick. Hit him in the hmm. knees. So it was a simple assault. A simple <laughs> assault was was Pablo Escobar's first crime. See. That's interesting because I would assume that you know just based on the way that you lived your life and how how effectively and efficiently you accumulated wealth. That your first crime would be something that had to do with getting money or, you know, stealing something and selling it or, you know, just like something something in that neighborhood. But you're just saying you just really wanted to kneecap a dude. Is that is that correct? Well, from the, you see, it, it, there was a reason because I was able to become so cunning because uh, people knew from that day when I was a young boy mm-hmm. and I just fucking hit this dude with a stick. They mm-hmm. were like, hey, that's that kid who... Who fucking hits he, people with mm, sticks. Right. Yeah, see? I see. So you're sort of like you're sort of laying the groundwork for what would eventually become your vicious reputation. See. Okay. Did you feel the same necessity when you were growing up, Mr. Wild? Like you feel like you had to establish yourself as a witty person, you know. We we didn't even discuss when you got hit in the head with this donkey. So I'm wondering like what well, the timeline is here. Actually, that's a bit fuzzy. Um, well, <laughs> but I, for you, yes, obviously. I do remember when I was a boy and kneecapped my first victim, my oh. first Oh, so you guys assault. have that in common. You guys both well, kneecapped I, people I at mean, I age. think we've all hit another child as hard as we can in the knees with a stick. Well, but... let, well first of all, let's clarify one thing. So I mm-hmm. don't have any experience with kneecapping. Oh, you, you know, not I'm my, so sorry. Not in my entire life. <laughs> it's okay. That's weird. Uh, and so how old was Isn't the person that you kneecapped? Right? Because Mr. Wilde is saying specifically that he kneecapped another child. Who did you kneecap, Mr. See, Mr. Escobar? I kneecapped the town priest. So it was a full-grown adult Ooh, see, see, that he was adult. kneecapping. I mean, don't I, get me wrong. I kneecapped other children as well, but mm. I started with the priest. Ooh, I so start not know that about you. Start with a 90-pound like weight. You've, you've got a dark streak, my friend. <laughs> oh, see, you don't even know. That is a really <laughs> safe thing to say I like about it. Mr. Escobar. So you were saying, so, you know, you kneecapped people also, Mr. Yes, Wild. but I don't think that I felt that electric. I can see, you're, you're almost sweating. <laughs> you have a, a feverish look in your eyes. And I, I, I it takes me there, actually. Now mm-hmm. that it's a priest, I'm, I don't want to say I'm aroused, but I'm excited. <laughs> I, I think, um, you know, I didn't feel that. I mm. didn't feel that from violence. And I was, I, I was perhaps expecting to. But, okay. but when I began writing and I felt the thrill of applause, you know, mm. when I would crack a, a witty remark and, and people would literally toast to your, oh, to your genius, 
you know, I, I found yeah. that very exciting. Interesting. And so you also felt the need to lay that groundwork early on, like whereas Mr. Escobar hmm. would lay the groundwork of being uh, a violent and volatile and someone not to be messed with. Your groundwork was somebody who uh, deserves praise, you know? Well, well don't, we, don't we do what we are good at? And don't we spend time when we're young? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's sort of like finding that out. And flexing then, our muscles. Yes, and then we, we end up, society pushes us into those fields, and we, we decide that we, you know, we like those things that we discover we're good at. Mm, yeah, I think that's a fair thing to say. You know, I think... Uh, you know, Sigmund Freud would probably have a lot, to, a lot to add to this conversation as well. Unfortunately, he's not here at the moment. Mm. Um, but let's go back to Mr. Esco for just a second. So you were expelled. Uh, oh, so, oh, I'm so sorry. Um, uh, I, I wanted to ask you more about the uh, legal activity that you did uh, when you were a kid, because I read that um, you, you and your brother would rob gravestones and you would sand off the names and you would resell them. Uh, but your brother says that that's not what happened. You wouldn't steal them. You would just you were just given the gravestones by the cemetery owner whose family hadn't like paid paid up for their grave or something like that. And I thought this was such an interesting thing to quibble about because you did so many illegal things. Like, why would it matter if you stole gravestones or not? You know what I mean? You, would you care to share some light on that? See, uh, my brother is a fucking asshole. Is <laughs> <laughs> the long and short of it. But oh, wow. he mm-hmm. likes to, you know, tweak things basically to undercut whatever I do. Mm. He's mm. jealous, you know. He's he's like mega jealous because of I, how much you accomplished. See, I'm the yeah. big. You, nobody remembers Frank Escobar. Frank Escobar. That's what I called him. <laughs> and, All right, that's uh, fair. But they remember Pablo. Yes, no, no one will ever forget the name Pablo Escobar. So, so you were saying that you definitely stole the gravestones. Stole the gravestones. We'll just send off the name mm-hmm. and then sell them. Like yeah. a couple of badass little hustler dudes. Yeah. Do you? Know? you um, this is this might seem like a silly question, but did you ever wait to find out the name of the person that was going to buy the gravestone just in case it was the same name, and then you wouldn't have to like sand off the name, oh, feel see. like feel like an idiot, and be like, oh, if I just if I just waited five minutes, I could have just left this the way that it was. See, that's crazy that you ask that because mm-hmm. that happened one time. Yeah. We we would always wait because one time. We had a gravestone, and, and the, the guy's name was Marty Horowitz. Marty Horowitz in, in Medellin. See, si, see. Si. Oh, and wow. we, we stole the gravestone. Well, yes. What are the odds? The odds are actually, <laughs> they are even smaller than you think. <laughs> but we, we, so that's, you know, we stole that, and then mm. we, we had a guy come, and he's like, hey, you kids have a gravestone I can buy for, mm-hmm. for my, my dead brother. Yeah. And he said, sure, what's his name? We'll carve it in. And he said, Marty Horowitz. And we were like, you got to be fucking kidding me. I just knew. See, see, yeah, you That's see. Exactly. That is see. incredible. If you're just joining us, this is Famous Dead People on Radio for Brooklyn. And my guests today are narco-terrorist and head of the Colombian drug cartel, Pablo Escobar, and author of The Importance of Being Earnest, Oscar Wilde. Uh, now, going back to you, Mr. Wilde, uh, so you were expelled temporarily from school hmm. uh, at one point. Do you recall the circumstances surrounding that expulsion? Because it, Wikipedia is very vague about it. They just say that you were looking for other ways to learn besides books. Does this, is this a, a fuzzy part of your memory, or do you recall? No, no, I remember that very well. Um, mm-hmm. You know, school was such a bore. Mm-hmm. Uh, the teachers, they demand such obsequience mm. of their students, and especially for a gifted student, I mean, not to toot my own horn, yes, but uh, I'm a genius. But, <laughs> you know, I think, I, I think the official reason was being sass back. Sassback. I did. I got. I got reprimanded a lot for tapsy foot. You know. Tapsy. You mean just it's like just being fidgety? Bullshit. You know. Uh, baloney. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. I mean, this is something you must have had a lot of experience with, Mr. Escobar. Just like teachers telling you what to do and you not having anything of it, right? See, yes. Uh, instead of being sassy, I uh, assaulted many people. <laughs> oh, and so you teachers. just attack the teachers. And instead of tapsy foot, I uh, <laughs> I was selling massive amounts of drugs at the school. <laughs> So it's like pretty similar. Yeah. We are not very different. It's, a, it's another similarity between the two of you, which I didn't think that we'd, we, we'd find so much. 
Um, but I did read, Mr. Wilde, that so you developed your unique personal style while you were in mm. school. Like you would yes. dress in very bold colors mm. and you would decorate yes. your room with feathers and fine mm. china. Uh, mm. Was that something that was inspired from your family life? Do you feel like that was something that was intrinsic? In you, you know, uh, uh, where did this come from? No, no. This you, sense of style. You know, I think you just have to listen to that voice in your heart. You have to let it out. Mm. You know, you, you have to be that bird of paradise you are. And, yeah. And w- go big or go home. Oh, Interesting. Yes. So I, I wish was... that was mine. That's not mine. But no. I wish that was mine because was... it really puts a finger on it. I was going to say this outfit you are wearing, it is very cool. Well, mm-hmm. thank you so much. Yes, I didn't very... think that you would like Mr. Wilde's outfit, just to describe it for the listeners. Um, you know, we have a we have a nice bold pink lapels mm. on, a, on a gray suit, mm. you know, striped tie that mm. also has some polka dots on it, I mm-hmm. think. You know, we got mm-hmm. a big... Velour hats. Yeah, is that a hat? Is that? I'm going to guess that's three and a half feet tall. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and this is ostrich. Ostrich, ostrich feather coming mm-hmm. out of there. I'm also. I didn't. I don't see the purpose of having two walking sticks. Like it really seems like one well, is like a cool fashion well, item. But well, two that seems, just says it all. Yeah. I mean, if you don't see the purpose of two walking, um, I'll, I'll never be able to explain it to you. Oh, okay. You hey, that's fair. I'm but, square. You know. That see, is, I'm more of a utilitarian dresser. I, I wear, think you'd you'd find a use for two walking sticks. Oh yeah. <laughs> right? Oh yes. See, make, see, Pablo gets it. Mm-hmm. Oh yes. I'd make one of them my killing stick. <laughs> You know what I mean? You're you're not walking stick when you're referring to the recipient. You're not being subtle. uh, You know, I I just wear the polo shirts Mm -hmm. and and the dockers. Mm -hmm. And you know something? I I don't want to, uh, you know, if you're going to talk about this, it's fine. I don't want to step on that. But Mm. I watched somebody show Narcos. Oh, you know, I actually hadn't written any questions about that. I'm glad you're bringing it up. Then I want to address one thing about that show. All right. The actor who plays me pulls mm. up his pants a lot. You it's, mean like he he's constantly, he's constantly like pulling up his pants. his pants? I have to say, I pulled up my pants even more than that. Whoa! So he's not doing it enough. He could. If I was the director, I'd say I would cut. I would say I have one note for you. <laughs> Pull up your pants more. You got to right. keep. You know, constantly. This is, this is mm-hmm. the thing that, because uh, like you were uh, a little bit of a portly gentleman, you know, this is the See? thing that happens when people have a gut, like their 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 stomach sort of slowly pushes their pants down, and then you have to sort of like readjust, See? you know, time and time again. Um, and you're saying that this was even more of a problem for you than the actor portraying you in the TV show. See, I just, you know. I couldn't find a good belt. I tried suspenders; they were quite flashy for a while. It mm. just didn't quite work for me. So. Mm-hmm. I was a pulling up pants machine. It gotcha, was gotcha. crazy. That's like, you know, they, they got it almost right, but they're not quite right. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, all right, well, so, you know, you were also, Mr. Wilde, um, uh, the subject in a, a number of uh, films and, mm. and plays and everything. Uh, the one that I'm thinking of, of course, is, uh, is the movie Wild mm. with a... Uh, um, uh, I forget the name of the, the gentleman who plays you, but I know that uh, that Jude Law was in that. Oh, um, how did Jude you feel Law. that uh, was representative of you know you and your lifestyle? Do you know I, I haven't uh, seen it. I am sure it's wonderful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you you haven't seen the movie Wild? Mm-mm. Oh no, it, I think it's wonderful. I mean, Great. it definitely paints you in a very. Um, you know, traditional Oscar Wilde, you know, like very flamboyant and witty yes. and, you know, that sort but, of thing. But do you know, watching a depiction of yourself on screen, for mm-hmm. me, have you ever stood in a room where there's a mirror in front of you and a, and a mirror behind you and it creates a sort of a Doctor Who tube? And there's just like a thousands of oh, you yes, like all the way and it down. Yes, and I get a sense of vertigo. And when, when I watch a movie where somebody else is... Portraying intimate moments of my own life, I, mm-hmm. I get a bit of that, you know, roller coaster. Whoa, You're just watching and, too yes, much. I don't. Uh, although Jude Law is quite good. I yes, I do. Oh, see. Yeah, very, he is. That is a, a talented actor and a very mm-hmm. attractive man. Yes, he's a good looking man. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, um, going back to, uh, to you for a moment, Mr. Uh, Escobar. So, in 1975, uh, you start making cocaine and smuggling it into the United States, uh, and you start making a ton of money uh, doing that, partially, partly because nobody else is what was it like at that time when you discovered that there was this enormous untapped market that could potentially make you, you know, billions and billions of dollars? Well, I told... What happened was, the moment I knew, I went to a bar in Miami. Mm -hmm. 
Miami, Florida. Yes. So I oh, go to my, a bar. I see. see mm-hmm. South you, for you and I, it sounded like you said my jammy. I imagined you, know? you in pajamas for a moment. <laughs> no. I see now. I see. I do have pajamas. Mm-hmm. They, oh, I do call them my jammies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they do. I do. I pull up the pants all the time. <laughs> all the Even time. when I'm sleeping, I'm I pulling up the pants. I want one more take, and I don't want you to take those hands off, off of those pants. pants. Exactly. Yeah, so you could direct Narcos. Oh, I would have been love to do that. That would be such fun. We should talk to the director, the producers over at Netflix. Netflix and see if they wouldn't mind having Oscar Wilde as a guest if director. Either of you guys have contacts at Netflix, mm-hmm. we could make this happen. We could talk about doing a, you know, maybe a third season or something like that. See? You know? All right, yeah, this is definitely on the table. Anyway, sorry. So, anyways, yeah, I'm at a bar in Miami, and I uh, I see a bunch, a lot of drunk people, very mm-hmm. drunk, very drunk, so drunk they need to get in taxi cab and go home. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I thought to myself, what if I gave them this drug? That exacerbates how much of fucking assholes these people are behaving like. <laughs> so you thought bigger? Yes, yeah, I said more. More. more of could this. we get? Could this go deeper? Deeper, longer, more. <laughs> See. Okay, this sounds fair. All right. And I thought, yes. Okay, so okay. You, yeah, so you're like in Miami. You have cocaine. Like nobody else is doing cocaine. See. You know, and you were like, I'm going to expose American drunks to this drug. And see what happens. See. And so, 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 what happened? What, what happened when you started distributing it to people? Like, did it have the effect that you thought? Oh my god! Like you wouldn't believe. Mm-hmm. I mean, just people going taking trips to the bathroom in pairs, you know, mm-hmm. at the bar. Mm-hmm. I mean, you probably see this stuff still today. Well, that's actually uh, something that I'm curious about because there really does seem to be a culture around doing cocaine. But because you were there at the very beginning, like you were obviously. Um, a part of developing that culture. So, like, worth. Th- what? When did people start using keys? When did people start, you know, doing bumps versus lines? You know, using the do- hundred dollar bills to, to, you know, do it up and putting it on the mirrors and go to the bathroom together. Like, did, did that all stuff just like happen organically, or, or like, um, you yes, know, did you did was that a marketing scheme you did, or, or did it just sort of you started it rolling mm-hmm. and then people ran with it? Yeah. Well, yes, I I cannot take credit for most of it because most of it I, I give the cocaine and then I see what the American ingenuity it takes mm-hmm. over from there, and that's where the keys come in. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one the little cocaine spoons that people would wear around mm-hmm. their necks and stuff. Cocaine mm-hmm. spoons, everything. The only one I could take credit for. Is doing a line of cocaine off of someone's ass. So mm. you developed what we would call the booty bump. Booty bump. You know, where you do where you put a line on someone's naked butt and then you snort it off of their butt. See. Like that. That, that is the popular Escobar. What what was your thinking behind that? What was it? It just hit me. I was in a <laughs> club. It strikes me as Fairly obvious. I'm see, like, I, so, yeah, I, I, I see someone that I find attractive. I see a vial of Cocaine, and mm-hmm. so <laughs> I mean, going you know, up the nose. It's, that's it's you know, like, like two and two equals four, guys. What, what are we know? doing here? Why is two like it's, it's, peanut butter and chocolate? Yeah, exactly. It's like why don't you put, put those, those together? Because if I if I had been in your position, I think that I would have developed like uh like like a marketing team. You know, like how are we going to encourage people to go into the bathroom together? You know, like we we want people to realize they can use their keys. Like you have things on your body to do cocaine with already, you know? Like, but that's like, you're saying that stuff was all just American ingenuity, you See, know? I mean, maybe I could have had you as my director of PR. Ugh, that would have been... Uh, marketing. Can because... you imagine how much more money you would have made oh. had you had somebody like myself on that team? I can't even. Yeah, I mean, you, during your time, Mr. Wilde, there was Snuff, right? Hmm. Which I believe hmm. is... Uh, similar to what cocaine is, right? Ooh, and, you know, we had we got high. People got inebriated. Mm-hmm. There's wine and yeah, a variety of things. Yeah, but I mean, snuff was a thing back mm, then, right? Yes. Like you would have like little boxes of powder that you would <laughs> sniff, and oh, it would yeah. give you a rush. You know, mm-hmm. isn't it surprising then that you know this thing that's existed for so long didn't really explode until Mr. Escobar came along and and realized that there was this huge market for it. Mm. Yes, you, you know, there's a kind of poetry mm. to what you did oh. in such a short period of time. Mm. I would be honored if you could actually compose a, a poem of any style mm-hmm. about what I did. Interesting. Right now. Well, you know, we are uh, getting close to our break, I'll, so why don't we I'll think we'll, about we'll start it. working Please. on that. Uh, but my last question to you before we uh, go to the break is, so we talked a little bit about your flamboyant style 
already. And uh, one of the things that we associate with Oscar Wilde is like the famous uh, scandal with your sexuality. And what we think of as homosexual now is very closely related to Mm. your kind of flamboyant style. Mm. And so looking back, did people look at the way that you were dressed and look at the boldness and think, oh, that's a gay person? Or was there just not that association yet? Well, you know, I think in Victorian London... Mm -hmm. People now think it was so straight-laced. It, it wasn't mm-hmm. really. It was Technically, it was illegal. To, to be a, a gay Trust person. Trust me. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I think that society was actually... They just... Nobody really wanted it to talk about it. And people mm-hmm. wanted to be who they were. People loved that I was being myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it was relatively gray and straight-laced uh, on its surface, and here I come, letting it all hang out mm-hmm. and and prodding those tender parts of society that nobody wants to talk about and giving them a chuckle and... Mm, uh, really sticking it to tickling them. Tickling their wits, and, and everybody loved it until that fucking bitch had to make an issue about it just because she didn't appreciate my relationship with her son. But uh, that's well, all on we can, Wikipedia. Uh, yeah, we can revisit that. And people can read more about that if they like. Uh, but we've got to take a short break. So we'll be right back with Oscar Wilde and Pablo Escobar on Famous Dead People. Stay with us. Famous Dead People. Famous Dead Hey, everybody, just want to take a quick break to remind you to subscribe to Famous Dead People on iTunes or on whatever app it is that you're using to listen to this show. Uh, If you're so inclined, rate us five stars. Leave a comment. You could tell us how much you love us or hate us. I love constructive criticism. Uh, That stuff helps us out a ton. Tell your friends about us. Get your friends to listen to Famous Dead People. I would really appreciate that. And uh, hit us up at FamousDeadPeopleShow at gmail.com if you want to shout some criticism into my electronic face or if you want to hear a specific Famous Dead person on this show. I want to hear from you guys. I want to hear that you're listening. I want some feedback, damn it. Uh, so yeah, lastly, if you really like the show and you want to send us some money to help keep us on the air, go to RadioFreeBrooklyn.com slash FamousDeadPeople and click on the Support This Show button. Thanks again for listening, and now back to the podcast. Famous Dead People, Famous Dead People, Famous Dead People, Famous Dead People. Welcome back to Famous Dead People on Radio Free Brooklyn. Famous Dead People, the only show that resurrects famous people from the grave and asks them all the hard questions. I'm your host, Jared Berenstein, and we are here every Monday at 3 p.m. on Radio Free Brooklyn. My guests in the studio today are kingpin of the cocaine trade throughout the 1980s, Pablo Escobar, and the Irish author and playwright behind such classics as The Importance of Being Earnest and The Picture of Dorian Gray, Oscar Wilde. Mm. And uh, Mr. Wilde, we were talking to you before the break about the uh, connection between the, the flamboyant and bold way that you dressed and, of course, uh, you know, your, uh, your sexual preference uh, that, you know, obviously became a huge issue uh, as it became discovered and you were then sent to jail for that. Uh, but what I wanted to know and which I'd like to go back to is did people think that that equaled that, you know? Because, like, if you see a person who dressed the way that you dress today – you know, a person could say like, "Oh, that's sort of a gay oh, way of dressing." Oh, see, but you I know, see, back yeah. then in the uh, you know in the 1800s, I believe. Uh, yep, yeah, I think so. Just wanted a uh, 19th century. Yep, uh, that you were operating. Did that association exist yet? Not, not in the way that it does today. Okay. You know, I mean, if I don't know, you're, I'm sure you're not old enough to remember Liberace. Yes, Liberace. Yes. I mean, I know who he was. I wasn't alive during the time. But. Yes, but you know, people didn't sit around presuming Libera- Liberace. Yeah. Let's see, I mean, fabulous. Yes, see. obviously, and you know, very you know, flamboyant. Gay is a walk in the park, of course. Mm-hmm. And who cares? But at the time, everyone cared. But nobody, say, was right in front of your face. But nobody got hung up on it. They so would nobody listened to that. his. You know, I'm sure some people grumbled <laughs> into their cereal in the morning. Uh, you know, damn Liberace. But mm-hmm. socially, it wasn't a conversation. It just wasn't like, why would you waste That's your so time talking about it? Yeah. Who cares? Okay. No, absolutely. Like, I, I don't want to presume that there was any. No, no, not you. There, but you know. you know, socially, it just yeah. wasn't. It wasn't an issue until someone had to come along and make it their pet project and send someone to prison which was really bad i can understand do you think that maybe you were then responsible for this 
idea that we have of what gay people are like? Like, do you think that you contributed mm. to what, you know, people who are bigots and closed-minded would say are like gay mm. stereotypes? Uh, I hope not. I hope not. <laughs> really, I mean, it was just all about beauty and expression mm. and finding something in life worth living for with mm. all of your passion, you know? It does, I mean, it does seem, just from Wikipedia, that this was something that it wasn't just the way that you dressed. Like, you really seemed to have a um, an appreciation for art that you said you should just be enjoyed decadently. Like, yes. you know, you should really, you know, get into yeah. every piece of art that you're enjoying, if it's music or painting, yes. with, you know, down to your elbows. Yes. And that is that is something that you that you personally believe in other areas of your life as well. Absolutely. Interesting. I, mean, I, I was a member of the uh, aesthetic movement, which... Yes. Uh, not that that art can't have meaning, but mm-hmm. but that art can be beautiful for its own sake. Okay, and yeah. that 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 can be enough. You know, you can derive a visceral pleasure from beauty, and that uh, endeavoring to create that or, or or spending time and energy to enjoy that that it is the core of life. Why else? See, Why else spend time? Things. You know, cocaine. Love, you, cocaine is another lens. I mean. We we assign these puritanical. I mean, understandably, cutting someone's throat and pulling their tongue out. That's it's you, art. That's a separate conversation. Oh, so you would say that have. is art, Mr. Escobar? Let's <laughs> see. But I like. All, we could have that conversation. <laughs> I like all kinds of art. I like, uh, uh, como Peter Max. Peter Max. See, uh, he, he, you know, he is from the 1960s. He where uh, he. You see a lot of his paintings on the front of cruise ships. On the front of mm-hmm. cruise ships. Look him up. I mean, I, he's yeah. cool stuff. I, I like his work much more than Peter Min. So you are... Max. No, there's nothing there. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> I sometimes... You see, this is why I need a team. You need the writers. People. You yes. need the writers. Yes, I can't yeah, edit I everything understand. in the moment. Are you familiar with Peter Max? I, the name doesn't doesn't ring a bell. No. It's very cool. It's very well, eyebrow stuff. <laughs> question for you, Mr. Escobar. So the stories of what you accomplished and what you earned are legendary. At one point, you were earning $70 million a day, smuggling 500 tons of cocaine every month. You became one of the richest men in the world, and you're spending like crazy. You're buying mansions with zoos in them and other extravagance. Um, so my question is, uh, you know, you say that you're this, you know, uh, lover of uh, Peter Max, you know, See? like was that? Did you did you uh, did you did you spend a lot of money collecting Peter Max artwork? Oh, I've got a lot of Peter Maxes. Okay, uh, what what was your favorite that you that you purchased? I think my favorite one was it's uh, it's like a guitar, <laughs> and it's all these cool colors. Turquoise and yeah, is it turquoise? Hot, hot pink, hot okay. pink. Mm-hmm. You're getting it. Yeah, yes. you never. I seen think I, it, I think I have seen. You okay. okay? You've seen him. He's very cool. Sounds pretty cool. What would you think is the most extravagant thing that you bought with your billions and millions of dollars? Well, let's see. Uh, there was probably I bought a. Uh, I bought. Well, you saw. You thought about the zoo. Yeah, you have a zoo. You had a zoo in one of your Another cool piece of art. We bought a zoo. The movie. <laughs> this is a cool movie. Is Matt Damon's most underrated work? You think that that, that, that we bought a zoo is, is Matt Damon's most underrated uh, film? See, like from it. what I've seen, I mean, I watched five minutes of it and I fell asleep, <laughs> but they were cool. The five minutes I saw were cool, but I gotta say, uh, my most extravagant uh, purchase: I bought a pool mm-hmm. and I filled it with caviar. So you filled an entire pool with caviar. Just a swimming. Just a swimming. Okay, did you even try swimming in that caviar? Oh, see. See, all right. Well, did you, what was the experience like then? It was pretty salty. <laughs> salty, you know, like caviar, mm-hmm. right? Caviar is salty, see? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It's very, I mean, yes, you man. obviously, you, you had a, a bit of a caviar, extravagant see? lifestyle as well <laughs> at one point. I'm not sure I like your subtext, but... <laughs> Yes, yes. So, mm-hmm. yes. I mean, that seems to me like, you know, you do it because you can, because you have all See, that money. I mean, the caviar was ruined. Nobody's going <laughs> to eat the caviar after my sweaty-ass body has been swimming. I mean, we talked about it, you know. Mm-hmm. I was naked in the caviar. Mm-hmm. So. And so did you, um, I mean... Would you then go for, like, a second dip in the caviar, or did you do it once just to see, like, what it would be like? did one dip. Mm-hmm. Uh, got a couple of... St- you know, pieces of caviar in my mouth, mm-hmm. got out, and I said, 
Uh, that's it, boys. Wow. That Nobody must have been else could incredible. I mean, like, you had a, a flavor, Mr. Wilde, for the mm. finer things in life also, mm. you know, and it really seemed like your attitude towards money was like, you know, oh, you know, it comes, it goes, you would spend a lot of money on friends and, you know, give people presents, especially people that you were romantically involved mm-hmm. in. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you ever have anything that was like not, obviously couldn't be that extravagant, but something that was also in the neighborhood of what Mr. Escobar was talking about? Well, I was very fond of um, tiny glass figurines. Tiny glass figurines. Mm-hmm. All right. That sounds really nice. Yes. Well, they're very delicate mm. and very shiny. Gotcha. Gotcha. And, uh, you know, I had uh, a warehouse full of them. Uh, I had to sell them all when I moved to France. Yes. Um, but for a while there, I would just wander the aisles, observing the tinkling little you know, horns of tiny unicorns and mm-hmm. the swishy tails. Mm-hmm. Oh, it made me very oh, happy. You're really, you're really getting into this now. Yes, and I'm yes, watching this. They were it's my, almost like you're there right now. They were my, my, they were my precious, my precious. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so did you... So you you did unicorns. Were there any other like animals or people? All unicorns. It was all unicorns. Little glass unicorns. Twenty seven billion. You didn't have twenty seven billion glass mm-hmm. unicorns. Just really? Just under twenty six billion nine hundred million. These must have been nine hundred tiny, <laughs> tiny glass figurines. <laughs> See? You I, I think I have one. Somewhere. One last one. Oh. Let me look at that. Look at that. Oh, that is incredible. That is tiny. I, cannot, I, have a, I have a jeweler's loop. You could barely. I'm even holding see a it. giant. Mm-hmm. Okay, for the listener at home, I'm holding. What can only be described is a giant magnifying glass. <laughs> Almost like a cartoonish Sherlock yes. Holmes-style magnifying yes. glass. And I carry it with me at all times. Mm-hmm. No, that's why. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming to solve mysteries. But, you know? see? All right. But that's, well, think what you want to think. <laughs> but then and only then am I able to see this tiny glass figurine mm-hmm. and the intricate detail with mm-hmm. which it was made. That is very very cool. Yeah, magnificent. Do you wish that you could, you know, use some of your billions of dollars to to, to indulge in, in a similar hobby? Like get some glass <gasps> oh, figurines also, Mr. Escobar? That would have been very cool. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Uh, you know, I have to imagine the craftsman who was able to craft these tiny figurines is long dead as mm-hmm. well. Well, Even... we'll bring him on the show and then, you know, maybe we can... We can discuss bringing him out of retirement. Mm. You know? So uh, going back to you for a second, Mr. Escobar. So at the height of your cocaine empire, uh, you just had to get involved in politics and you get elected to the Colombian legislature. Uh, what was your impetus for trying to be a politician when you were already so powerful and had so much money and sway already? Well, you know, I wanted to have a respectable position, you know, mm-hmm. a politician, a member of the legislature. Yeah. And, uh, you know... In hindsight, I like to joke and say, oh, you probably pick the only position that's less respectable than a narco-terrorist <laughs> by is, being a member of the legislature. classic. I like that a lot. See? It's like a dad joke about how lawyers, we hate <laughs> no, lawyers. Oh, we hate know? them so much. So, yeah. see, I was trying to, you know, I want. I, I, I guess I let it all go to my head and I, was, I thought maybe I had a chance mm. to be president of Colombia. Interesting. Well, did you have any, I don't know, uh, did you have a le- legislative agenda? Like, were the things that you thought that you could help work towards for Colombia? See, um, my platform, believe it or not, is pretty much spot on the exact same as Bernie Sanders. Oh, so you also had a very progressive agenda see, like Bernie Sanders. Single payer for okay. all, all right. health care, see? All right. I was all about, you know, uh, you know, the 1%, and even though it was part of the 1%. Oh, yeah, you, you were the, the point 0.1%. See, see, yeah. so it was kind of, uh, kind of nobody took me too serious, you know, mm. because I was, uh, you know, they didn't believe I would be going against my own self-interest Well, I so have, much. I have, uh, you know, I knew a lot about uh, Bernie Sanders' uh, positions. I was a big fan of his, See? you know, during the primary. Um, and so I'll just add, I'll just say a couple of uh, issues and, and, and see if you agree with them or disagree with them. Uh, privatization of prisons. So, you so, know, people, people making money off of people going to prison. I don't like that. So that's a bad. That's bad. Okay. Uh, what about the environment? Like, were you, uh, you know, uh, for clean energy? We've the only thing we have is Mother Earth. We got to take care of her. <laughs> All right. What about uh, what about free college tuition for uh, for people who can't afford to go to college? 
I'm all about it. Oh, pu- free public colleges. Free public colleges. Oh wow. That, and what about uh, financial regulations for like uh, Wall Street, that sort of thing? We gotta, we gotta watch out for these big banks. <laughs> They're gonna get us all. They're gonna ruin the earth if we don't watch out for them. Oh, wow. Yeah, I had no idea that you they used to have such a progressive agenda. Uh, we can talk about that in, in a little bit long, uh, a little bit while ago. But you know, one of the things that you guys have in common is that you both had a relationship with America, and you know, um, uh, you know, in Mr. Wild in the 1880s, before your career really took off in uh, in the UK, you did a lecture tour of America, and uh, and you wrote about it in your personal impressions of America. Um, would you mind, just for the people at home who may not have read your personal impressions of America, just like summarizing like what the general gist of it was, like what you thought of America and what you were talking about on this tour? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I love America. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel that. There's a strong puritanical streak here. Okay. But that people desperately want to cut loose, Mm. right? And, of course, we're seeing that now. But at the time, it was very focused on let's let's make money, let's build industry, Mm. let's just jazz it all up. And I thought... Look, these people are waiting to explode. I mean, mm, yeah. all they need is a little nudge. And <laughs> what is what was I that? Think a... that? Was that the bombing of In Hiroshima? Hiroshima? Is that what you're getting at? That was the mother of all bombs. No, I, <laughs> I just meant that I, the energy was palpable in America. Uh, back yes, then. and the artistic energy and. Uh, frankly, sexual energy everywhere Ooh. I went. Yes, and uh, I just found it electrifying. Mm, interesting. Uh, there, there was uh, you know the the rustic um, parts of America. Sentiment was there as gotcha, well. Gotcha. You know, a sort of a stubborn willingness to be blind mm. to obvious aesthetic truths. But, yeah. but, but that's a bore. I don't know. I, I, I can, yeah, I can absolutely uh, understand what you're getting at there. Uh, for those of you who are just joining us, uh, you were listening to Famous Dead People on Radio Free Brooklyn, and my guests today are 19th century Irish playwright and poet Oscar Wilde and Colombian cocaine kingpin and narco-terrorist Pablo Escobar. Uh, so going back to you, Mr. Wilde, so your written work uh, gets a mixed reception until around the 1890s mm-hmm. when your plays mm-hmm. start to take off. Can you mm-hmm. talk to us a little bit about like what changed there? Why do you think your work from that era was so popular and so well-received? Well, you know, I think that it ties in a bit to what Mr. Escobar tapped into with cocaine. Because oh, okay. Here's a, here's a drug mm-hmm. that really lets you off the leash. Mm, yes. Right? I mean, a little toot-toot, and the next thing you know... You're a wild stallion. Yeah, you're writing a screenplay with a cab driver. I I think somehow, you know, uh, an American audience um, or even a a British audience is going to see the importance of being earnest, which is light and fun Mm. and sexy and intelligent, but also taps into, in a very gentle way, some of the things people weren't saying. Mm. It's not strictly a political piece. It's an entertainment piece. But but a little subversive. There's a lot going on there. Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I just wonder what would have happened if cocaine had hit the scene Ooh, at okay. the time my work did, because I think my work had a socially acceptable, effervescent effect mm. on society in a similar way to the way Senor Escobar's popular powder mm-hmm. had an effervescent well, effervescent maybe a slightly whitewashed description of the net effect of cocaine in America in the 70s and 80s. Maybe a little under... We'll stick uh, to the sunny side of the street. Yeah, exactly. uh, For now. But it might have been like, you know, uh, just like two, like combining two stimulants, like cocaine and caffeine. Like the impact that your plays had on the culture, which is sort of like, you know, waking everybody up and and inspiring Mm, people. Let's let's go. What are you going to do today? Yeah, exactly. exactly. How much did you personally imbibe in cocaine, Mr. Escobar? Oh, getting like, right to it. You sold a lot, but did, did you did you ever dip into your own product? You of course, know? I have to say, uh, Mr. Wilde just came up with the name for my app. 
Mr. Escobar's popular power. Mr. Escobar's popular power. It's a little See, wordy. I love, no, but I hard love it. to Google because it's very hip. You mm-hmm. you you put a, a Williamsburgy kind of retro it's look retro on it. You know what I'm saying? Maybe a handlebar mustache. I I like it's uh, like it's hair pomade a or guy something. With a, yeah, it's exactly what I'm seeing. There there with a bow tie, maybe some suspenders. It makes it fun. It makes it innocent. Mr. Escobar's mm. popular powder. Wow. You can add a swipe right. You could tie it into one oh, of those. See. One Tinder of those things. You can see other people nearby. I mean, see. talk about two great tastes that go <laughs> great together. There you go. Wow. That's traction. Yeah, I think we, we maybe, I think we cracked it here, guys. I think that this is maybe a... I want a piece of that, by the way. Yeah. Oh, we were all here for yes. Just a taste. Just let me you wet guys my are beak both, a little. You guys are both going to be partners in yeah, this. Yeah, just like 5%. I don't think that... I, I mean, that's yeah. all per, I personally need. That's all oh, I feel. My contribution. You know, I don't want to step any toes, hey, Mr. Escobar. If it weren't for you, you, you we wouldn't yeah. be here. <laughs> you, you'll really forgive the two of us not wanting to get... Too close to your business. I interest. see. Okay. <laughs> yes, I am you, a criminal mastermind, as, and you don't want to go to prison or get murdered. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. I've well, been to know. prison. I don't really want to get murdered. Anymore. Okay. Well, that's see. the thing is that you know you have this uh, this dichotomy about you, Mr. Escobar. See. That is, mm-hmm. you know, it's something that people need to be wary about. Yes. You. You famously said that there are two ways to deal with law enforcement, silver or lead, meaning that you would pay people or you would kill people. And I think that's interesting that you had both sides of the spectrum here. Like, on the one hand, you know, you would give a lot of money to the poor and you would help out in the community. On the other hand, you made Colombia the murder capital of the world. Was this a conscious decision? Did you think that there would be a benefit to having just the light and the dark, like, all together like that? You know, I don't think I thought about it uh, so consciously, but mm. you know, I, I did, I did think, uh, you know, um, to borrow a phrase from NWA, I was like, "Fuck the police!" <laughs> Honestly, from day one, I was like, "Fuck mm. these fucking guys." Mm. So, they were hypocrites anyway, weren't they? I mean, see. they were already corrupt. Yes. You you didn't do that. No, I did not start police corruption. Okay. No, that is definitely true. So we can't pin. Everything bad on, about on, Col- Mr. on Mr. Escobar, and I'm sure that, like you know, some we said Colombia was the the murder capital of the world during your during your reign there, but I'm sure that there were, I don't know, uh, two or three percent of the murders had nothing to do with you. You know, like maybe that's I, I'm I'm getting blank stares here. But is that a low ball? That's like, a low ball. You said maybe fifteen percent of the murders had nothing to do with you. Is I don't know. Let's warmer. not put a number on it, but you know, I. I Yes, okay, I murdered a lot of people, mm. but, uh, you know, I don't think I killed any innocent people. Well, there, okay, there was the plane, and there was mm-hmm. uh, many other innocent people who died because of me, mm-hmm. but come on. <laughs> you know, that's what I always tell people, like, come on. Uh, I mean, it's not a great argument, you know, but I, I, yeah, but, I, I but, get the gist but, of it. Come on. <laughs> you know? All right, yeah, that's completely fair. I'm sold. Uh, so going back to you for a moment, Oscar Wilde. So uh, it seems like you, a lot of your life, you were almost trying to get exposed for being a homosexual. Like portions of Dorian Gray have very overt references to homosexuality. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously we talked about the bold manner in which you would dress and, and your, your personal styles. Was this something that was conscious or unconscious? Like obviously it was a tragedy that homosexuals were treated the way that they were, at the time, but it was still dangerous to be so flagrant about it, wasn't? Isn't that the case? But, you know, I, 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 I think that Pablo can probably understand this. At a certain point, you know, you might tell yourself, "Hey, I can play within the rules here. Mm-hmm. I'll be fine as long as I can wear what I want to wear and write what I want to write. I can play ball by their rules." But okay. eventually, that just tears through, and I don't remember it being conscious mm. or unconscious. At a certain point, you just have to be who you are. Mm. And uh, the hypocrisy of it began to really rankle with me, too. Yeah. Interesting. So you think that maybe you were reacting to what you felt was society encroaching on on who you were as a person? Well, it was, I didn't, I never, there was never a point in my life where I felt the need to tattoo a label on my forehead Mm -hmm. and make a political point. Mm -hmm. But there were people who felt that a line had to be drawn Mm -hmm. and a question had to be answered, right? It was A or it was Z. Yes. And, uh, you know, that's 
I tried not to play that game for a while, and eventually, let's be frank, they won. Yeah, they painted see. me into a corner where you you have to answer a yes or no question, and the answer is what it is. Yeah, I mean, you so you know this is uh, something that you guys both have in common. That you both you know had a little bit of trouble with the authorities, you know, and uh, you know we'll talk about your time in prison in just a second, Mr. Escobar. But uh, Mr. Wild, so you. Uh, you know, the, the Marquess of Queensbury, who was the father of your lover, Bozy, mm. uh, his father wrote on a card that you were a posing sodomite, and uh, that eventually led to your, your trial and, uh, and your imprisonment. You know, do mm. you think that, you know, that some good came out of this? Like, maybe you were uh, calling attention to the hypocrisy of trying to, trying to tell the state, like, what to do with your bodies and things like that? Or was this all, like fuck this guy, I'm so upset that this happened, that sort of thing. Well, it made me angry. I can imagine, yeah. It made me very angry, and I think if I could go back, I might choose a less contentious course of Mm. action. But at the time, I got swept away by emotion. Yeah, maybe fly a little under the radar. You know, I just, things got very dark from there, Mm -hmm. and um, uh, the happy points in my life were fewer after that prison, uh, to use a modern colloquialism, blows. Mm, yeah. Uh, avoid. See. Now, you had you a prison. Well, right we there. have. That so was a fair, as good as it probably can get. Which is what we're thinking. Like, maybe if you had done what Pablo Escobar had done, well, Mr. Escobar, you. Maybe if I was the head of a cocaine empire, <laughs> I, I could have maneuvered something like that. <laughs> yeah. That, you know, I wasn't able to put those there cards There were definitely in differences in your situations, <laughs> obviously. If you can, I highly recommend building your own mansion and using that as your prison. Mm-hmm. In the words of Ferris Bueller, it is so choice. <laughs> not, not, a, not a movie that I would have expected you to be such a huge fan of, oh, I uh, love Mr. Escobar. It. But both of your lives, mm. you know, took this dramatic turn downhill after your time in prison. Even though your prison was really just a giant mansion that you couldn't leave, you know, once you escaped that mansion, it was just six, 16 months on the run before you were, you know, gunned down by the authorities. You know, Mr. Wilde. Uh, your time in prison, you know, you you then were destitute and and ill, and you had to move to to Paris, and you mm. had no more money. You know, like it really seems like it didn't have a positive effect on either of you. That, that's a fair thing to say, right? So the question is, is it correct to say that prison did not have a positive? Well, come effect on, guys. On Some people leave prison and they're like, oh, you know, now I have my GED, and you know, now now I have a, a renewed lease on life, and I'm really good. It really and you were a like... Bernie Sanders supporter. <laughs> is that is that? Do I'm, not, have I'm that? not saying that prison is good for people, but some people <laughs> take. A, why don't you some take ten years to... in prison and <laughs> improve yourself? See, why don't you go to prison, man? <laughs> yes, I mean, I there's like... plenty of prisons, my friend. Well, Mr. Escobar, you don't have any moral high ground here whatsoever. Your prison experience was basically just Careful. living a really, Careful. really nice life in a really, really nice place. Yeah, but. I couldn't leave. <laughs> I mean, that's hard. Some you people know? would love that, Mr. Escobar. Some people mm. would really enjoy mm. the big problem you had with not having to leave your beautiful mansion, having your friends bust in all the time. Don't crack wise. Oh, me. all right. You know what? Maybe, maybe, I, maybe I overstepped my bounds here. You know, I don't want to yeah. get into get into too much trouble. But so let's let's talk a little bit about uh, the end of your life, Mr. Escobar, because you know you. Oh, I'd love to. <laughs> oh, I can't wait for this. So you're uh, you're on the run from the police for 16 months before you're found, uh, and there's some there's some uh, controversy as to exactly what happened at the end because you were found with a bullet in your leg, but also with a bullet in your head through your ear, which some people say, you know, you were executed by the police, but other people say that you killed yourself to avoid prison. Can you shed any light on what exactly happened as you were running from the police? Yeah, I could tell you real easy. So they did shoot me in the leg, right? Yes. But I was still running, Mm -hmm. and the the head guy came up to me, and he had a gun, and and I was like, I'm not not going to turn myself in. And he said, "Okay, that's fine, but first, before you before you run away or shoot at any more of us, mm-hmm. at, at the tip of this pistol, if you put your ear up to it, you'll hear the new <laughs> Toto album. And I don't know if you know this, I'm a big Toto guy, love Toto, and they did like <laughs> an album in '92, uh, and I kind of heard it, so mm-hmm. I was very excited. You're really excited about hearing this and- new Toto album." This fucking asshole tricked me. That wasn't Toto. 
It was. So he said, we're going to take you to jail, but first... Put your ear up to the to the end of my gun so you can listen to the new album. See, well, he said he was going to let me go. He's like, <laughs> I just want you to hear the Toto album. I know you love them. I mean, I love Rosanna, Africa. These are good right. songs. Well, that, that is absolutely fascinating. Uh, so that is all the time that we have uh, for this week's oh. episode of Famous Dead People. I'd like to thank uh, my guest Pablo Escobar and uh, Oscar Wilde for joining us in the studio today. I do have uh, one final question for you both. I know it's a little bit weird, but um, do either of you have... I don't know any comedy shows or Twitter accounts or anything that you want to that you want to talk about, uh, Mister uh, Mister Wild. Was there anything that you wanted to tell well, people I, to check I out? I owe Pablo a poem, and uh-huh. Pablo, you well, didn't forget I, this guy is good. <laughs> I went to the the can on the break, but mm. I have to confess I wasn't working on a poem. But uh-huh. I'll come up with something off the dome, and mm-hmm. it may it. be half baked, but I'll leave it open source for people to finish. I love All it. right, this is a poem for Pablo. Ah, uh-huh. um. My Spanish, perdón, uh, me no hablo. Si. He popularized coke. I'll take a quick toke. <sniffs> oh. And this is the part I haven't got. And something <laughs> that rhymes with Diablo. Diablo. Ah, that's good. Yes. Uh, so Juan Pablo. We have Juan Pablo. Juan Pablo. Estás el diablo. Wow. In the best possible sense of the word. That oh, is really good. Well, you so know, much. see, this is the why I need why, my team. This is a reason why you're a treasure. And, oh, so uh, I will, I'm sorry, I will plug. Go see The Importance of Being Earnest. Importance of Being Earnest. Yes. It's a great uh-huh. show. And uh, Mr. Escobar, anything you want to tell people about? Watch Narcos season one <laughs> and two. If <laughs> there's a season three, do not watch unless you hear that I'm somehow involved. Because right now it's looking like I'm not going to be in it. I'm not... Mm-hmm. It's like, well, why would you watch that? You watch yeah. it for me, you know? <laughs> and then also there's this funny fucking guy named Kevin Cobbs. Google him, find his Twitter, find his website. Uh, he do a lot of funny shows. I think he's kind of the next big thing, you All know? All right. <laughs> so that is, uh, yeah, if you have any questions that you'd like to ask your favorite dead person, please email that to us at famousdeadpeople at radiofreebrooklyn.org. We'll try to have them on as soon as we can. We're here every Monday at 3 p.m. on Radio Free Brooklyn. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you famous next week. Famous dead people, famous dead people, famous dead people.